Hello, hello. How we doing, everybody? Happy Sunday. Last Sunday before the Super Bowl, but I won't delve too much into that because you probably already know my feelings on it, being a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and all. It's Brandon Mackey, staff writer, silver7cents.com. You know the drill. Internal Budget Podcast, episode 50. Actually, that's pretty neat. So thank you for getting us this far. I wish it was more of a joyous occasion. Uh, before we get into it, though, make sure you follow me, Brandon Mackey underscore on Twitter. Check out the writing at silver7cents.com. And man, oh man, has there ever been a lot to write about this past week or so. And none of it's been good. None of it has been good. Seven games now. The Ottawa Senators are in the midst of a seven-game losing streak. They have not won since opening night of the 2021 NHL season. They lost three straight to Winnipeg. And now they just lost three straight to Vancouver. And I don't think it's the fact that they lost these games. People, everyone knew that coming into this season, the Ottawa Senators were going to lose a lot of hockey games. But it's the way in which that these past few games have gone that is really sticking in people's craws collectively. And rightfully so. You have a team that lost 7-1, then 5-1, and then 4-1. And over the past week or so, there's been a ton of conjecture about why things are going the way that they're going. Why can't this team score more than a goal a game? Why do they seem to spontaneously combust when they begin to trail in a game? Why can't they defend? Why can't they kill penalties? Why can't the goaltenders give them a save when they need it? What's going on with the coaching staff? Why are certain guys being deployed the way they're being deployed? Why is the taxi squad being used the way that it is? Why is management not doing anything about it? Why did management have the offseason that they had? We could go on, truly, all day about why this team is struggling the way that it is. But I think it's time for us all to have a little chat. I think it's time to just kind of Take stock of what's going on. Maybe even put things in perspective a little bit. And try to work through this together. Yesterday I put the call out on Twitter for you, the amazing listeners, to air your grievances to me. Reply to my tweets, email me, DM me, and I would read it on the podcast. And we're going to do that. Uh, in, in a little bit, we're going to do that, and I want your voices to be heard on this, because I think you have as much of a right to be upset as anybody. 
based on what you have been asked to endure by this team for the last three years, almost four now, probably, after the way that you have accepted this rebuild, however begrudgingly it may be, but you've bought in. You've bought in with players like Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat and Colin White and Tim Stutzla. And you've bought in with New Jersey's. And you've put money into this team again. And now the product that you're seeing on the ice in front of you is not what you were promised. So I know a lot of you are feeling like you've been sold a false bill of goods here. So I want to give my thoughts on everything that's been going on. Because I have been a guy for months now who's been uh, leaning towards the positive side of things. And that hasn't been manufactured. I genuinely liked what the Ottawa Senators did in the offseason. I have seen the direction that this rebuild is going in. Although with the obvious caveat that when the time comes, money will need to be spent. So, I think I need to answer for some of the stuff that I have said. And for some of the things that I have bought into and told you. And then I need to do my best to explain why the hell this team is falling apart the way that they have. So... In talking about veteran players, I have been vocal in my belief that the Ottawa Senators need veteran guys to insulate young players. And I still believe that. It's why I defended the Derek Stepan trade, and it's why I still like the Derek Stepan trade, because he's been pretty good. He hasn't been great by any means, but you could make the argument that the Senators only have four or five players, maybe less, that have really stood out this year. In a good way, anyway. Stepan is top 10 on the team in terms of Corsi percentage. Um, his expected goals rating is also near the higher end of the team. So, you're, you're kind of getting what you thought you were going to get from a guy like Derek Stepan. He's probably more of a bottom six center than he is a top six. But... He's been effective in his role for the most part. Has he had some bad games? Yes. Has he made some bad mistakes? Yes. But I think that acquisition has been good, and I think that's been a player who has been used properly. Now, where I'm running into issues here is I don't know what the Ottawa Senators are trying to do when it comes to their taxi squad. When they traded for Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette, I was under the impression that those were going to be guys that were going to be on the taxi squad, maybe rotating on and off, and that players like, or even that taking a step further, players like Logan Brown, Eric Branstrom, Alex Formanton, those would be guys on the taxi squad so they can practice with the NHL club and rotate into games as needed. But right now, the Ottawa Senators' taxi squad looks like Jonathan Aspero, Michael Haley, 
Matthew Peckhoff. Those are just a few of the players on it. The rest are Philip Schlopik and Artem Zub, who probably should be on the main roster anyway, but I digress. So now you're in a situation, if you're the Ottawa Senators, where you've lost seven games in a row. And only one of them has really been close. Maybe two. And instead of having Logan Brown, Eric Branstrom, and Alex Formanton, or whoever else, practicing with your NHL club and developing and getting better. The current strategy for some reason is to have them sitting at home waiting for the AHL season to start in February when there's no guarantee about what's going to happen with the AHL. And even the way it looks now, it's a bare-bones season. They're going to be playing against only Canadian competition. There's no real playoff run for them to go on. So what's the development track here? For a player like Logan Brown, who the knock on him after training camp when he didn't make the final roster of the Ottawa Senators was that he needs to round out his game. How is he going to do that right now? How is he going to round out his game sitting in the Brook Street Hotel or whatever? It doesn't make sense. Get him practicing. Get him on the ice. Guys like Haley and Pekka and Shaw, they don't need that ice time. And the truth of the matter is, if you waive them and put them through waivers, they're not going to get claimed. So if you want to assign them to the AHL team, They're not going to get claimed. Those are the type of guys you should be putting through waivers. Not guys like Rudy Balsers, who are young and promising and have a future. And again, I don't mean any disrespect to players like Haley and Aspero and Shaw. But why are you not using the taxi squad as an opportunity to develop your young players? Is that going to end the current seven-game losing streak? I don't know. Probably not. But at least keep these players engaged. This is what other teams are doing. Why are the Ottawa Senators not doing it? Why wouldn't you have these players practicing with your main squad? Especially if you want them to round out their game. They can't can't do that from sitting at home. And I don't know, you sure you can make the argument about, whoa, the more pro-ready players should be on the taxi squad. But I don't agree. Maybe that's a good place for for guys like Zub and Schlopik. But I don't see any benefit to having guys like Brown and Branstrom and Formington sit at home. Especially after a pandemic year where two of them haven't really even played competitive hockey since last spring. So I, I, I don't understand the strategy here in hell. Why, 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 don't, why don't we take it a step further? Why don't we rotate them into games? Can it truly be worse than what we're seeing right now? I don't think so. 
sure, the team has had some upside over the past few games. Even the last game against Vancouver, they were pretty decent in terms of the advanced stats. They just couldn't generate anything offensively. So why not inject some speed and skill in your lineup? Especially with regards to Brandstrom. Like, holy smokes. This blue line has been atrocious to start this season. And I like all these players. They, they bring something to the table. Guys like Good Branson. Guys like Josh Brown. Guys like Braden Co- Coburn. I understand why they're here. But I, I don't understand the insistence upon putting them back on the ice and back on the ice and back on the ice when they get caved in. Because we've seen it. When Christian Willanden makes a mistake and it ends up in the back of Ottawa's net, he gets benched or sent to the press box. Why is the standard not the same? It was preached over the offseason that nobody rides for free, that everyone was going to have to earn playing time. It was going to be earned, not given. There are plenty of players in Ottawa's lineup right now who frankly have not earned the playing time that they're getting. So why not get Eric Branstrom in for a game here? I mean, if it's a conditioning thing, that makes sense. But he shouldn't be that far off. He was playing an entire season in Europe before this whole debacle happened and before he had to quarantine twice. And as to my knowledge, he didn't get COVID, so he can't be having issues with his lungs. So what the hell is going on? Why is he not at least practicing with the team? The the messaging we got was that if he did the right things, he would be back. Well, what's the right things at this point? Like, what more does do these kids have to do, especially a player like Brown? The taxi squad is a perfect opportunity to have young players who may not be ready for true day-to-day NHL action, and have them practicing with the big club. Give them the NHL experience. Get them ready for it. It's like when I played football. When I wasn't ready to play, I practiced with the team every day. And that's how I got better. That's how everyone gets better. You don't get better sitting at home, watching tape, if that. I just don't, I don't understand this usage of these young players, or lack thereof. Get them on the ice. And again, this this is not the extent of Ottawa's issues. Their systems have not been good. Goaltending has been terrible. Matt Murray and Marcus Hogberg have been brutal. And is, is it time to write either of those guys off? No, of course not. Especially a guy like Matt Murray. He'll bounce back. I'm confident in that. But from what we've seen right now, something's got to change. And I want to be cautious about descending into just nothing more than ranting here. Because I do have thoughts on why this team has struggled. I wrote a piece for Silver 7 the other day called What is Wrong with the Sens? And really what it just boils down to, this team's been atrocious in their own end of the ice. They haven't been able to defend. Colin White, 
though, is finally getting opportunities, and his numbers are on the up once he's off the fourth line and not getting fourth line minutes. But your top six players in terms of possession and expected goals, they're Brady Kachuk, Nikita Zaitsev, Thomas Shabbat, Drake Batherson, Colin White, Josh Norris. Is that a good thing? Yes. But players like Evgeny Dadanov, they need to be better. Even a player like Tim Stutzla needs to be better. Obviously, that one's less of a worry. Like He's going to come around once he actually gets used to some line mates and gets healthy. And on your blue line, you have Zaitsev, Shabbat, and Mike Riley are putting together some really nice performances. But Eric Goodbranson, Braden Covert, and Josh Brown, they're getting caved in. And I like Josh Brown. I like what he brings. I just think it's a lot of its deployment and it's situational. If he's paired with Braden Coburn, they should not be going against the other team's top line. They've struggled to defend the other team's third lines. It's little things like getting lost in your own end, getting puck focused, and losing track of the open man that's standing at the side of your net waiting to bank a puck past your goaltender who has no chance to get across the crease that fast. There are so many things going on. It's, and it's, it's valid to question the construction of this roster at this point. Because players that were brought in to insulate the youth and be effective in a veteran presence role have not been. Artem Isimov has not been good this year. Cedric Paquette has not been good this year. Austin Watson has filled his role. Maybe shouldn't be deployed in certain situations, but he's done what he's supposed to do. Coburn has not been great. Branson has not been great. And again, I'm not knocking these guys. I know what they bring in terms of experience and in terms of leadership. I understand that. But at what point do you decide, you know what? These young kids can't be any worse than what we're putting out on the ice right now. So let's give Tim Stutzla more minutes. Let's get Branstrom into a game or two. Let's get Artem Zub into a game or two. Because if you're taking this defense core against the likes of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, it's not going to go well anyway. So why wouldn't you try something different? Why wouldn't you get the kids out there? This is supposed to be a development year anyway. If you're not going to make the playoffs, if you're going to get caved in on a nightly basis, then get the kids in the games. I'm not saying get them in every game. It's not good for their confidence to get pumped every night. But... Again, at what point is what we're seeing unacceptable? Because switching out, you know, you can switch the lineups, the line combinations. You can rotate bottom pairing, bottom line players in and out of the lineup until the cows come home. But that's not going to have a tangible effect on this team. Their overall philosophy needs to change right now. This season is going off the rails. And is that the worst thing in the world? No. Another high pick is not going to hurt anybody. But I think fans are more frustrated because what they were told does not match what they're seeing. But let's get to some of the things that you fans wanted to talk about. I wanted to hear what's on your mind, and you came through in spades. We had almost 50 responses come through, which is amazing. 
I'll try to get to everyone. I'll knock off some of the longer ones first because there's just more to address. So here we go. This one came through uh, via DM. The Sens show great play for short periods of time through games. They dominate play right from puck drop almost every night and get good chances but never capitalize. They give up odd man rushes after every chance we miss. Our D can't make passes. Shabbat, Zaitsev, and Milanen are the only three who should stay full-time, and Branson should already be here as well. We need to trade for either Dumba or Vince Dunn because this decor is so hard to watch. What makes it worse is how we have young forwards playing great, such as the Chuck Norris, Batherson line, and Stutzla and Paul, but our D, with the exception of Shabbat, can't keep the play alive in the O-zone. Murray has been bad, but give him a team to help. Thanks for the message. Yeah, I mean, I don't entirely disagree with anything. I think the one issue with trading for a guy like Matt Dumba or Vince Dunn is you're going to have to part with draft capital, and I don't know how willing the Ottawa Senators will be to do that. I have no idea of what the market's like, but but yeah, you're, you're spot on. Um, even Shabbat has not been good in spurts this year. So... I think you have something fundamentally wrong with the construction of this team's blue line. Um, I think what we expected to be maybe mediocre going into the season has been far worse. And I th- and yeah, you're right. Murray has not been good, but I don't know how much he's able to do with this roster the way it is right now. Um, again, we're just going to try to knock off some of the longer ones first. Here's one from Sens Chirp, which is in a little bit of a different direction. It sucks that after more than 300 days without Sens hockey, we've let an ugly two-week stretch completely ruin the good vibes we had going into the season. If you felt like the rebuild was on track two weeks ago, you still should now. This was always going to be a transition year. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. I think what it comes down to, though, is just... I don't think the frustration lies within the fact that the Ottawa Senators are losing. Again, I think it's the way in which they continue to lose. And Fraser below him has a good point here. If it was Logan Brown, Formington, etc., we would chalk it up to the learning curve. Since it's the vets who are supposed to insulate the prospects, it's frustrating. I think that's it exactly. I think when you know you have plays by guys like Coburn and Brown and Paquette costing you games... That's tougher to swallow than Tim Stutzla costing you a game or Brady Kachuk costing you a game. I think that's just that's just what it is, Chirp. I and I, I get it. You're right. The rebuild is still on track. But at this point, fans would rather live and die with their young players. And I understand that. That that makes total sense. Here's one from Brian. For a decade and a half, management has tried to build the team the same way, hired the same coaches, brought in the same shitty veterans, done the same dumb stuff to save money. I'm just sick of them making the same mistakes over and over and expecting different results. I mean, I I think, yeah, I don't think anyone is going to argue with the fact that the last 10 years or so have not been good with regards to this hockey team and the way that it's been managed. Even when they've had success, it was unsustainable success for the most part. So so I think that's a good point. I think for now, 
the jury's still out on how this current rebuild is going. Um, I think the jury's out on DJ Smith. I mean, I haven't liked a lot of the things he's he's done this year, but I I do think we do have to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. We're only eight games into a weird 56-game pandemic season. I think if things are not starting to turn the corner next year, that's when you reevaluate the situation. But for now, I mean, I don't think you, uh, I don't think you're going to anybody's house with torches and pitchforks. Axe Maddie, this one got a lot of love, and I understand why. <clears throat> I got nothing really to add beyond that the messaging we are getting from the team doesn't match the realities we see on the ice. I'll also add that they are doing absolutely nothing to keep us engaged with off ice stuff. It's just not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say about that because that's that sums it up perfectly. Um, you're being told that what you're seeing is the development of a young team when in reality you're seeing veterans play most of the minutes in critical situations. And when they make mistakes, it's chalked up to youth. So I think there's really something to be said about that. And you're right, they should be doing more to keep fans engaged off the ice because as of right now, um, I don't blame fans for being not engaged. Off-season moves were brutal, including the one you liked with Stepan. All water under the bridge, so what is the recovery plan? Uh, liquidate vets early given deadline quarantine and target teams with talent surplus pre-Seattle. Yeah, but what, what value do you think these veterans have? Do you think you're going to get a second-round pick for Derek Stepan? What about Artem Isimov, Cedric Paquette, Braden Coburn, Eric Branson? You don't make trades just for making trades' sake. I'm frustrated by the intolerance of many fans here. Did everyone think that this was going to be anything but a building season? We have freaking placeholders everywhere. Too cautious, maybe, but geez, the young guys will be here. Just let things play out. I mean, yeah, but again, it comes down to the fact that the placeholder guys are playing over the young kids. And why? I don't think there's been a good reason for it. I think this has been a situation that has not been handled properly. And I think that's the way fans are feeling. So I'm not frustrated with the intolerance of fans. It's been losing hockey for four years in a row. Of course there's intolerance. People are tired of this. They're upset. And, and I get it. Derek Lee, I'll go a different route. DJ's improving. Line combos look more evenly spread. Special teams are on the up. PK looks, looked less collapsy and more aggressive. Power play is improving rapidly. Ottawa's outshot opponents more often than not. Bad goaltending slash no finish slash no puck luck. Yeah, I mean, puck luck's a thing. There's been, the Senators have just not got bounces. Where the other teams have gotten bounces, the Sens have not. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. That's um, the reason why Brady Kachuk only has one or two goals on the year. It's or two goals, sorry. It's the same reason why Drake Batherson doesn't have one yet. It's gonna come, but I mean, as as for the rest of what you said, the special teams. Yeah, I've liked the power play, the penalty kill. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, we'll have to see how the more evenly spread line combinations work tonight against a team like Edmonton. But yeah, I, you're right, Derek. I don't think it's time to panic just yet. But I do think it is a time for a brutally honest evaluation of this team. 
We all love the Ottawa Senators. This one's from Jeff. We all have our opinions on how the daily management should go. Given the excitement to start the year, it's disappointing to see how low our fan base is now. It's easy to forget we're still in the middle of a rebuild. Take the small wins. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Where have the small wins come from, though? Sends dipshit. I don't like what this org is doing with Logan Brown. Also, I told everyone Goodbranson sucks and nobody listened. Um, I think there were a lot of people who didn't like the Goodbranson move. Uh, too many unskilled veterans. Play the kids more like Branstrom, Logan Brown, Formanton, put Stutzel on the first power play. Play Galchenyuk, White, and Zub. Allow the kids to learn from mistakes without fear of being benched. Agreed. I'll keep it simple. The people who are put in charge of putting our team together don't know how to put a hockey team together in today's modern NHL. There's a lot of responses like that. I don't know. Like I said, the proof is in, the proof is going to be in the pudding there. I don't know if you can make that assessment just yet. This feels like a team that became completely misguided overnight. They were all about youth for years, trading away talent, vets for young stars. Suddenly they want to become tough and grizzled, but they have the wrong team for that. Stop playing the vets over the kids. I mean, you got to be hard to play against when you're less talented than every other team in the division. So... I get that aspect of it, but you're right. There, there does need to be an injection of speed and skill somewhere because one goal a game is not going to win you win you many. And that one was from uh, THW Reimer. Cyrus, my question is, when do we look at Dorian as simply not the right guy? 50% of this team was his selections uh, when he got it from Murray, and now it's 100%, and this is the result. Weak trades, poor negotiations, weak player assessments, and now we tank for more high picks. I mean, I've loved the way they've drafted. Um, I still, th- I still think bringing in Dadnoff was the right decision. He's going to break out at some point. Uh, again, a lot of this is just the way things are right now. It's not necessarily the way they'll be down the line. EMB says, "My beef is the homegrown media. As a fan, I am frustrated like everyone else, but paid media that spew their personal venom on social media irks me more." Stop fanning the flames of the irate fan base. I want to hear what they're doing right. I know what is wrong. Um, I mean... If there's nothing they're doing right, or if... I don't even know how to respond to that, to tell you the truth. Look, there's a lot of things they're doing right, and I think media has said that. If you look, if you read people like Ian Mendez or hell, even us at Silver Seven, who have a reputation for being pretty negative, we have given credit where it's due. Uh, but if the overwhelming majority of things are not going right, then how can you expect us to just talk about what's going right? That doesn't make sense, and that would be dishonest. Um, Skyler All-Star. Everyone knew the Sens were in tough and that a low finish in the standings could be attributed to a strong North division, not necessarily a team being garbage. Brady said he wanted to win games and people started saying playoffs for no reason. The rebuild is still on track. Peacock, this ugly stretch has led me to not believe in this rebuild anymore. If we had been willing to start it when we still had players in their prime, Pajot, DeMello, Duclair, or even, dare I say it, when we had Stone, we could be playing semi-competitive hockey now. I understand the importance of insulating key prospects, but we've consistently moved out of our insulation in favor of old guys who can't skate. 3x3 for DeMello is better than 4x1 for Goodbranson. 
Six by six for Pajot is steep, but it's better than a second for Stepan. Yeah, but I mean, look what they got for Pajot, man. And and only one year of good Branson is not the end of the world. We traded everything for assets and turned them into garbage, and now it looks like our whole team belongs in the AHL. I know the kids are good, but as a franchise, we failed them. Now it's to stop them from wanting out. I'm willing to watch losing seasons, and I haven't missed a game this year, but I believe we're closer to being Buffalo 2.0 than a competent hockey club because of Eugene and incompetent asset management from GMPD. I know this is getting long, but I don't but don't have two guys pinch on the half wall and the penalty kills my final complaint. Yeah, I, I understand that frustration. I really do. Um I yeah, I think they should have hung on to DeMello if they could have. Um something tells me if it if it had been three by three, they would have, but like if that had been DeMello's ask at the time, but I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate on that. Um trading Pajot, in my opinion, was the right move hundred percent based on what they got for him. Um, but yeah, I, I get it. Um, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel right now, for sure. Irv says, I also feel like they really botched the taxi squad. Should have had more players that can slide around now and not need waivers. Yup. Hafiz, Jano Mohamed. Sorry if I butchered that. If we were going to lose like this with veterans in our lineup, why not play Brandstrom, Zub, Formanson, and Brown instead of Paquette, Stefan Coburn, and Josh Brown? At least the prospects can develop by playing and learning, for sure. That's what I've kind of been harping about this whole episode so uh we're gonna go back up sorry i'm trying to remember which one that which ones i read and which one i haven't failed pro scanning evaluations maybe also annoyed that all these vets we picked up the flip for assets that the deadline aren't playing well enough to bring a return i mean it's early it's gonna be hard to trade this season anyway Moke, who's got a great podcast called Moke on Sports that you should check out. Um, can't believe Dorian spent a second on Stepan, a third on Riley, a fourth on Josh Brown, and a fifth on Good Branson. And it's even more unbelievable that these players are in the lineup regularly instead of being put on waivers and being moved to the taxi squad. That's at Got Moke, M O K E. Bailey says a nice top nine when the NCAA ends. Brady, Norris, Brown, Jimmy, Pinto, Batherson, Paul, White, Dadnoff spreads the wealth around. Good chemistry and young guys in six of nine top top nine spots. Yeah, I agree. As long as Pinto can can make the jump early enough, um, I think college is going to yield more help for the blue line than anything. It's not even the fact that we are losing; it's the, the, that the games have become predictable. Give up an early weak goal, take a bunch of bad penalties, score a goal, only to give one up on the very next shift, etc. Yeah, I hear you, man. That's, you know, they've not been fun to watch lately. And I think that's the one thing that Sens fans were hanging on to this year was that the team was going to be fun to watch. That's from John. Dan says, unpopular opinion, goalie stats don't matter this year. We don't have an NHL defense, so expectations are zero on whoever's in between the pipes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if expectations are zero, but I don't think you can make any real honest evaluation on the goaltenders based on this season. I think that's more than fair. Nick says we need to give Decord a chance. Yeah, um, it might be getting to that point, honestly. The way that the other goaltenders have played, you might want to see what you have there. Dave says, I now realize that this is a defense built for the draft, but that doesn't make the losses any easier to watch. I mean, yeah, the high pick would be nice consolation, but, uh, but yeah, they're not easy to watch right now. Brochensky, I'm still a bit high off that win against the Leafs. Yeah, I think everyone is. Adam, just how bad has the goaltending been this season? Is the defensive roster and overall play to blame, or is it simply poor goaltending? 
It's easy to blame Murray. Some goal should be stopped by a $6 million goalie. However, he isn't giving them a chance to win. Can he improve? Yeah, of course he can. There's plenty of time. Uh, things will get better, but um, it, the goaltending has not been good. And neither has the defense, but there's been a lot of soft ones that the goaltenders have given up. Shyla, the queen of Sen's Twitter. I don't know why people are so upset. Like, we knew they were going to be bad, didn't we? Yeah, again, I think it's more about how bad they are and uh, the ways in which that they're losing that's sticking in people's craw. I mean, that that's just what it comes down to. Jamie, the line shuffling, we had great lines to the second and the last game. We still changed the lines up. Oh, and whoever the special teams coach is, they need to get fired. I mean... The lines have got to be, you got to be switching the lines up until something works. If you're losing by three, four, five goals every game, then, then you got to change something. You got to, until something starts clicking. Um, as far as special teams coach go, again, not the year to evaluate anybody, but power play's been pretty good. Um, penalty kill will get there. Todd White's burner. Personally, think a great job has been done. The vets aren't good, but they give the team the ability to let you slowly trickle in. I expect a player a week ratio. It's up to them to show they're NHL ready. Not better than the vet in their slot. But yeah, how can they show that if they're not practicing, though? That's the only thing. I, I don't know how guys like Brown and Branstrom, can, they can show it if they can't get on the ice. The amount of replacement level players taking on the roster and the piss-poor goaltending. Kachuk Norris. Al says, really worried that the people who thought this blue line would be competent are the same people who are supposed to turn this team into a winner. I mean, who knows what they really expected out of this blue line. I mean, GMs and management, they don't usually speak very candidly when they're talking to the press and whatnot. Tim says, pro scouting department needs an overhaul. We can't keep bringing in players simply because they've been in the league a long time or because they were good years ago. We need veterans that can contribute more than just in the locker room and lead the team by example. Yes, I think so. Um, I think Stepan is a good example of that, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe the guys in the lower the ha- half of the lineup are not. But hopefully you'll see more and more of that as the team gets better um, and becomes a more attractive destination to play. Los Senadores. One thing that concerns me is the mental fortitude of the team. It seems like the minute they give up a goal and find themselves down, their play immediately drops and the other team seizes momentum. I mean, maybe. Um, I wouldn't want to speculate on that because I'm not in the locker room. But, Yeah. I do think they need to learn how to play from behind a little better. They were pretty good at it early in the season, and the wheels have kind of fallen off now. And Sens Talk says he's been waiting seven games to bring Brady, his puppy, on for victory puppy. Um, He'd very much like to have Brady back on Sens Talk. I think we would all like to see Brady. Maybe you just need to bring him on to reverse fortunes, man. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe Brady is the answer to all this. That looks like it. I think that is it. Thank you so much for contributing the amazing questions, thoughts. I'm happy that I was able to help you let it out a little bit. I know the frustration is building and that people are sick and tired of losing in the way that they have. But ideally, things will get better. I think the team needs to do better from an organizational front. But... The talent that this group has, the tide will turn. It's just a question of not if, but when. In any case, thank you so much for listening, as always, through 50 episodes now, which is just bananas to me. This one ran a little longer. Um, Oh, by the way, I'm doing a radio hit every week now. Uh, Wednesday mornings on Rebel 101.7 Ottawa with Cornicky and Mel in the morning. You can find me on at about 8 a.m. Eastern time. 
to talk some sense. And we've been doing it for a few weeks now. I'm really enjoying it. Really appreciate them having me. And I'm looking forward to doing it more in the future. So check it out if you're up that early on Wednesday mornings. But in, in any case, thank you so much for listening. Really, really do appreciate it. Make sure you like the podcast, share it with your friends, download, subscribe, rate five stars, little things that go a long way. And folks, this season is rolling on into Edmonton tonight. God help us all. Please stay home, stay healthy, stay safe, and try to enjoy the hockey over the next week. Take care, y'all.